This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Oh, the best restaurant in the world just stepped into the building. She is the smartest, the most thoughtful, the most caring, and I am proud to be her husband. She has the best kicking foot in this or any sport, and it's actually an acceptable form of birth control. Step into the spotlight you have earned and so, 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 so deserve. Hailing from Riverside, California, but currently residing in my heart, my favorite wrestler, Candice LeRae. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline, and we're back to talk more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks. Uh, this is episode 558 of the NXT yeah. television show. And Mauro Ranallo and Beth Phoenix were back for this week. Yay! I literally, my first note, yay, Mauro and Beth give the people what they want. Yes. Like- <laughs> they, and I think they were... Somehow, I think they were all doing this live and from different locations. Zoom is real. It makes sense. And Tom Phillips was also doing commentary and he was in the building. Yeah. And he wasn't horrible, but it's because they used less of him. Much less. He mm-hmm. chimed in every now and again. And yeah. honestly, they only they only had a few hiccups, I think, where they sort of talked over each other a little bit. But it wasn't too bad. Yeah. No. And honestly, they do that anyway. Mm, so That is true. Uh, so Early we start with Charlotte Flair. She's arriving to the building for her match with Mia Yim tonight. We go straight to the first match, which is a Group B tournament match for the Interim Cruiserweight Championship. Isaiah Swerve Scott against El Ijo del Fantasma. Uh, I think Moro during this match actually references that Jordan Devlin, the, the whole mm-hmm. reason this is happening is because of travel, travel restrictions. restrictions. He said it. He did. That's the closest anyone has, like, referenced the COVID-19 pandemic in WWE television at all. Leave it to good old Mauro Ronaldo. It's funny you say that, because one of my, I did note, Mauro finally talking about travel restrictions. It's about time. Like, it's funny how notable that was. Yes, and if you're watching, it just helps make everything make sense. Like, I'm not a big fan that they're doing this, but if you want to say he can't defend the title, we got to do this. Why can't he defend the title? Well, because of travel restrictions and like everybody can go. Yes, of course, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get the idea that people want to forget that this is going on out there. But the whole concept to me of doing professional wrestling without a crowd 
all that does is scream that this is out of the ordinary and why is that mm-hmm. and it reminds you so as long as it's going to be reminding you constantly of what's going on you might as well just use what's going on going on to your advantage and Moronalo did that a little bit here and I think it helps things a bit so yep. there's a lot of back and forth in this match early on and uh, Swerve hits this rope hung Hurricane Rana off of the top rope on Phantasma for a near fall it was very pretty uh, it's still all swerve going through a commercial mm-hmm. break. When they come back, Phantasma fights back, hits the splash off the top rope, gets a two count out of that. Swerve manages to create some space. He misses a dive to the outside, but Phantasma connects with a suicide dive on Swerve. Tries to hit the Phantom Driver, which was last week called the Samoan Driver. But because Moro is like, well, he's a phantom or it's in his name. Yes. anyway. He's the son of the phantom. He tries the Phantom Driver, but it is blocked by Swerve and gets him in a crucifix pin and gets the win. So Swerve gets his first win and Phantasma mm-hmm. takes his first loss. What did you think of the opener? So I love Swerve. Mm-hmm. And I honestly did not think he was going to win this, but yep. I really was hoping he would because it would just be better for like competition going into next week. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they did the right thing here. Um with that. And I thought he looked really good on this. I mm-hmm. like there's sometimes where he does things that just don't like you know they're cool, but like it doesn't doesn't quite click quite yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. But I thought this match went very well. Like mm-hmm. I thought these two guys just worked very very well together and I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Um uh what do I have? Um I also have a note in here. I guess they mentioned Swerve was in the military. He was. And like my first reaction is, for the love of God, no one tell Jackson Riker. Like, <laughs> I just feel feel like I'm going to lose him. <laughs> um, but no, I thought this was great. And I what, th- what I liked about this match, and I think it, it broke out of the mold of what we've been seeing, where, like, one guy gets beat up in the beginning, then the other guy takes over and wins. Like, so I felt like there was more of a back and forth. Yes. Um, so... I enjoyed it probably this is probably one of my feet more favorite matches mm-hmm. if that makes sense of this week yes yeah uh, mm-hmm. what did you give him give it a three okay I uh, I like this match too and as Swerve will bring up later on these two have a past and yeah I want to talk about that oh do you know about their past no that's what I want to know oh okay I because I might fall down a rabbit hole with you on this because their past comes from a place that honestly, I think you might get a kick out of, but first let me finish uh, talking yeah. about the match. I really liked it. I thought they worked pretty well together. Uh, I th- it probably could have gone a little bit longer, but all of these matches seem kind of short uh, and that's okay. And the win did kind of come out of nowhere. He didn't hit the house call mm-hmm. to win or anything like that. He just kind of got a flash pin, but maybe they're going to save some of that big stuff for the, the bigger matches. Uh, in this yeah. tournament as we get closer to the end. I went two and three quarters. Oh, so we're close. Just a little bit behind you on that one. And mm-hmm. the good people over on the Grapple app, they gave this one 2.82. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're all in line this week. After the match, uh, Swerve says that Phantasma is great. They, of course, have a shared history. But he needed it more than him tonight. And he is one step closer from making NXT Swerve's house. So mm. their history uh, comes from them both working 
in a company called Lucha Underground, which was on television for a short while. In fact, some of Lucha Underground... Isn't there a Netflix series? That is, in fact, on Netflix. Yes, I do believe they have the first three seasons. They may even have all of it by now. But Mm -hmm. uh, that is a show that, yeah, it got ported to Netflix. It was on El Rey in the United States. And Lucha Underground is a, a professional wrestling world unlike any you have ever seen on television in that it is a mystical, magical television show that also happens to have professional wrestling in it. Like the characters. So Swerve, his character was called Killshot. He wore a mask and he was a former military, I think a sniper who was shot and left for dead by a buddy in the military. And he'd come back for revenge on him. Okay. And so, but so he wore a mask. He did wear a mask. Yes. Um, and El El del Fantasma was King Cuerno and he was like a big hunter guy. Like his whole character was like all of the wrestlers are like his prey and he is trophy hunting essentially. And he had like this big, crazy Lucha garb and they would wrestle in this. And it was a totally TV studio made arena but it was mm-hmm. made to look like a burnt out like warehouse, like an underground. And there were oh, like yeah, yeah. rabid fans and stuff like that. It was actually a lot of fun. And there were a there's a lot of guys who are now in WWE who uh wrestled there. John Morrison, uh Ricochet, mm-hmm. uh a bunch of people wrestled in Lucha Underground. That kind of makes sense given the styles. Yes. And uh I mean, there were there was like time traveling. There were characters who died in the show, like killed. Love it. Uh, it's crazy. It, it it's crazy. Didn't Adam Cole also die in Japan? So like, <laughs> I get it. Yes, the the Bullet Club murdered Adam Cole, and yeah. to the to this day, on uh on being the elite, the the vlog slash skit show that the AEW yeah. guys do, when they bring up Adam Cole, it's always in the pretense of he's a ghost. So <laughs> he, he is still dead. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, so we got sidetracked there a little bit. Back to yeah. NXT. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic, he's taking a stroll down the street. And for some reason, Johnny Gargano is on his mind. Says that he and his wife Candice are playing the victim, but he's not really sure what they're a victim of. Johnny Gargano is a guy who rages against the machine, but that same machine put him in 46,000 takeovers. Essentially challenges <laughs> him. And the only thing that didn't work for me out of this is that the end sort of felt a little bit like bullying. He's like, try saying that to a guy who's literally twice your size. It kind of sounded uh, a little bullyish, but uh, I don't know. I guess because Johnny is very small. Either I stopped listening, or I mm. just started like I just started picturing the two of them. Yes, going up against each other, and I'm like, I cannot wait for this. Match I know they're going to gonna have a good match. That that being, that being said, I don't know. You tell me because I thought this was the most natural that Dijakovic has sounded in his entire NXT run. Mm. Like he just sounded normal to me. He didn't sound like he was re- forced. Like, yeah, it didn't sound like he was reading from a page. No, I th- no, I it was natural. I would see, I would get that mm-hmm. um, until the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Phillips is like, hey, we've got some video of El Hijo del Fantasma trying the Luchanapper is trying to Luchanap him again. This time they've grown they've grown more brazen, Jacqueline. They try to get him in the arena, but he once again fights them off as I believe they run away and say vamanos as they run away. 
They do. Real weird. Really weird. <laughs> Up next, Candice LeRae versus Casey Catanzaro. Can I just interject here? By all means. I love Candace's new getup and her gimmick, the mm-hmm. pixie poison. Yes. And Johnny Gargano as her hate man. But? Awesome. No, I loved it. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I don't like her music. I know that she can't oh. have the bubbly kind of no. Cali punk rock I song she had, but. Dug it. I dug it. I, I thought it worked. That being said, I loved Johnny Gargano introing her, especially when he says, from Riverside, California, but currently residing in my heart. My favorite <laughs> wrestler, Candice LeRae. She also says that she has the best kicking feet in any sport, and they also <laughs> act as a contraceptive. He's yes. And he gets better uh, by the time yeah. the, there, he, he does one more thing that is absolutely amazing. Uh, Casey comes out. She's in charge at first, actually. She's using her athleticism, and yep. somehow she is smaller than Candice LeRae, who is very small, but Casey is so tiny. Uh, she's like the ultimate baby face. You just never want to see her get hurt because uh, right. she's so small. <laughs> but she's so quick and moving around and uh, ducking and dodging out of the way and hitting really impressive looking moves. Candace finally gets a hold of her, cuts her off, beats her up, and then gives her one of the more vicious looking curb stomps I have seen in quite some time. Yeah. Moro Ronaldo shouts out that she calls that the wicked stepsister. Which I love it is great because it's wicked and it's mean Mm -hmm. step because she's stepping on her and sister because she's a girl but also a disney reference because it's candace LeRae. it (laughs) is and that and also i was like oh my god this so but it ties into like her Mm -hmm. heel turn because like she was like i was like the big sister everyone needed and blah 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 and it's like oh my god yes you've now she's the wicked stepsister that's awesome it kind of yes it does uh, before we talk about the incredible post-match, what mm-hmm. did you think of the, the body of this match? It wasn't very long. It wasn't very long at all. Um, I thought Candace looked really good here, though. And so did Casey. I thought mm-hmm. um, uh, Casey did a lot more than I really thought she would because I knew this was going to be like a Candace platform. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I like, I mean, the two of them just work well together. Um, there was one point um, Casey Definitely swept the leg. Um, oh, yes. I appreciated that. Yes. <laughs> and But Candace, man, and to to the point from earlier, these are both very petite women, mm-hmm. but Candace was just throwing Casey around. And she hits hard, like, too. Yeah. Aggressive throwing this this poor girl around, and you're mm-hmm. just like, all right, this Candace didn't come to play. Nope. Um, I thought some of it felt a, felt a little flat for me. Like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of, like, the dialogue in the beginning that i was like mm, i don't really need yeah. it but yeah. um but yeah but overall i thought it was pretty enjoyable okay where did you land on it so because it was short and i was between i wasn't sure it's like a two and a quarter two and a half like somewhere in there for me okay i am not perfect I, i'm not a surprise to anybody None of us are perfect, but I would just like to state for the record that I'm not perfect. I went against what I normally do in how I like to score my matches. Mm -hmm. Normally, I'm a bell to bell guy. What happens in between the bell? That's what I base Mm -hmm. things on. But 
Johnny Gargano and Candice at the beginning of this match and Johnny Gargano and Candice at the end of this match. I couldn't help myself. I went two and three quarters on this. Okay. Normally, I think this probably would have been two and a half or maybe two and a quarter. But Johnny Gargano and Candice, they're such an amazing couple doing this out here. I I couldn't help it. Uh, Grapple a two right on the dot. Wow. Because I think maybe they were thinking bell to bell here. Bell to uh, bell, yeah. But I was not. So post-match, Johnny and Candice are going to leave, but... Candace is like, hold on a second. She goes back into the ring. And this actually kind of ties into something a little earlier. During in the body of the match, Candace points over at Johnny. She's like, This is for you. And she's gonna try to put uh Casey in the Gargano escape, but Casey reverses it into like a pin, and Candace is all mad about it. So mm-hmm. after the match is over, Candace runs back into the ring and puts her in the Gargano escape. In the background, Johnny Gargano is fanboying outside. He's jumping up and down. Yeah, with he's real excited. And Casey, uh, Casey is just tapping out and Candace was refusing to let go of the hold and Candace gets up and, you know, she's like, you know, that'll teach you lesson learned. And then they cut to Johnny Gargano, who is laying on the mat on his stomach, on his elbows, <laughs> resting his chin in his palms, looking up lovingly at his wife. I just wrote relationship goals after yeah, that. Pretty much is. Pretty much. Everybody find somebody who looks at you the way Johnny Gargano looked at Candice LeRae after she beat up this poor woman, after she beat her in a professional wrestling match. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien Priest is backstage, says he knows that Keith Lee is hurting, and tonight, when he is done, Keith Lee will be basking in his glory as he is the new North American champion. Mm-hmm. So, All right, Damien. Next up, I'm dying to know what you thought about this. I did not write much about it. Did you write much about the newly bro, uh, the newly bro show or whatever it was? Not much. Okay, but tell me I'm what happy you to read. Yes, what I please. Wrote. Yes. What is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> Thatcher was clearly sorry. duped because he is wearing gear. <laughs> Matt, I didn't Matt think Riddle's. Of that. Matt Riddle's bio as read by Byron is so ridiculously believable. This is dumb. WWE should not be in the sketch comedy business. Mm-hmm. I've never, and then I transition. I have never been so happy to see Eichner and Bartel. I don't even blame them here. How many ring generals could there be? I feel like that term gets used too liberally. That's my notes. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I was as smart as you. I <laughs> all those points were here's what I wrote. I, I just I watched this and like midway through I'm like, oh oh no. Is this uh, still happening? <laughs> uh, they did a parody of the newlywed game with Matt Riddle and Tim Thatcher, period. I hated it, period. But yep. they should put in fake crowd noise more often. That seemed to help things. Then I wrote, thankfully, Imperium came out and beat them up. (laughs) And I love Matt Riddle. And to to be fair to Matt Riddle, he tried his best to Matt Riddle his way through this and make it entertaining. And he he couldn't save it, but boy, did he try. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't blame Riddle or Thatcher. I blame the concept. Yes. Uh, I mean, I did chuckle when Timothy Thatcher says, I don't own a TV. Which, yeah. <laughs> by all by all stories and accounts of actual Tim Timothy Thatcher, this is mm-hmm. apparently he still has a flip phone. Like that's as high tech as he gets. 
He doesn't oh. own a TV, as far as I know. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Seems, uh, seems like that survivalist. <laughs> kinda, yeah. Uh, Adam Cole is backstage. Says Velveteen Dream has not earned his title match, but he's getting it anyway. I just wrote Eck. Not my main event for next week. That's what the main event's going to be, but it won't be my main event. That's going to well. After this next match, let's talk about all the matches happening next week because I have them written down. Okay. <laughs> uh, up next is Mia Yim and Charlotte Flair non-title match. It's all Charlotte early on, but Mia manages to fight back with a step in or a spring in tornado DDT for a near fall. Charlotte cuts her off. Goes for a dive, uh, hits it, takes advantage over the break. Charlotte just toys with her for a while, which gives Mia a chance to make a comeback, but it is fairly short-lived. Charlotte just, at, after that after the, that Mia comeback attempt, Charlotte's just laying a beating on her, just chopping her to hell, just hitting her super hard. And Mia tries to fight back one more time, tries for protect your neck, but Charlotte gives her like a single leg takedown, puts her in the figure eight, and Mia Yim taps out. Uh, I, sh mm -hmm. I guess I should note, because it's not much of a post-match here, we'll just throw it in here. Uh, after Charlotte won, she's about to leave, Io Shirai's music plays. Io comes storming down to the ring, yelling at Charlotte in Japanese, and then finally says that she is Io's come next week. Uh, what did you think? So, I don't know why, but I gave this a very low score. Oh, okay. This is one of my higher rated matches of the evening. But I don't know why ahead. I did this. But probably because I have some notes in here and I'd like to read. Sure. Um, so, I, so, I start off with, I like that Mara reminds everyone that Shayna is the first two-time NXT Women's Champion because mm -hmm. he did do that first. Yes. Um, and here is where I got mad. And I think this anger just stayed with me. Okay. Um, so, Charlotte is back on NXT likely because of ratings. Her mm -hmm. first match on TV, and they don't even give her a main event match. I seriously don't get it. And the bullshit I smell on this is so strong. Yes. Because here's my thing. I'm like... Like, they made such a big deal about her moving back, and then it's like, they don't even... I don't know. I'm just... I'm so confused and fed up with this. <laughs> I think they're doing um, it... Now, this could just be me, and I could be wrong, and you might be right here, but it's possible that they're just doing this because the, the main event of the show was a title match, and her match was not a title match. But technically, Charlotte is a bigger star than Damian Priest or Keith Lee, so... Yeah, exactly. And it's, I'm like... And I get that it's a title, a title match non-title match but like mm -hmm. move your card around mm -hmm. no nope, that's a good a argument title match. i just and that just i think that just made me so angry yeah. i was just angry watching this match and it affected everything mm -hmm. um but but to me this match definitely fell back into that predictable yes ness that the swerve and phantasma match had done so well to like take me out of that mm -hmm. i think it, it pulled me back to like uh Okay, yeah. I honestly, it's it's just it just wasn't exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Once and you're I, in that mindset, and and with it being yeah. non-title, and you know that, I mean, sometimes I don't have a problem with predictability. Predictability can be good. Mm -hmm. Like I expected the Avengers to win in the last Avengers movie, and they did. Yeah. Like you know, that's as long as it built to where it's sometimes it's the journey not the destination, but yep. sometimes in wrestling, especially in wrestling, when there's so much of it. It's constant, like, yes. Yeah. It, sometimes you need some variability in there. You do. And I thought, like, I mean, I thought Mia Yim looked good here. She yes. had a few, like, uh, wonky things. Like, mm -hmm. she, um, she, the way she, like, rolled off, she was on, like, she caught herself on the ropes, like Andrade does, but then the way she rolled off 
just kind of looked really Wasn't wonky. Clean, yeah. Yeah. So there, were, I mean, things like that. I get it. But um, and then there was another point where she she flipped. It looked like she was probably supposed to land on her feet, and like, and I get it. Like, hey, I am not out there doing this. I am not judging. But yeah. like, I don't know. I think she was she was so putting herself out there. Like, I mm-hmm. thought that this could have been a much better match. Mm-hmm. I guess is where I'm coming from. Yep. And I went low on this. Would so. you? Would you go? I went to a two. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we are a part yeah. on this one. Uh, I know. I agree with you on Mia. I think she did look good in here, better than she's looked in a while. Mm-hmm. She did have a few things that didn't look quite so good. Uh, Charlotte, I think, is just constantly getting a lot of shit thrown at her. I, for some reasons earned, some reasons not earned, some reasons perceived by fans on the internet. But by mm. and large, to me, I think she's excellent i think she's really good in the ring and i thought she brought mia to where she's at and i thought they had a pretty good match i went with a three wow Mm -hmm. so and and i don't disagree with that but i don't know i don't like charlotte's style no it's just not not. uh, to me it It doesn't work for me to me it depends on the opponent like if she's in there with the right person i don't think Mia's the right right person but like i can't help but think like she could have a tremendous match with io shirai next week i'm gonna be honest with you i don't have much hope for that because i think io is gonna like out wrestle her i mean she's still gonna lose yes i think (laughs) io is a much better wrestler than charlotte and i think charlotte is very good but i think io is leaps and bounds better than charlotte but yeah and i i don't know i don't think io is gonna win but they Mm -hmm. might i'm here's the here's the good thing about this i can't say for certain because charlotte i don't think is a long-term character in nxt I think this is just something they're doing in the meantime. I think maybe they thought this would boost ratings. Spoiler alert for later on in the show, it doesn't. Uh, right. That being said, uh, EO is super hot, and yeah. she's very good, and the crowd loves her. It would make sense if she just won, and beating Charlotte would be uh, like a big thing to put on her resume. Yep. Yeah, but I honestly think now with Candace's heel turn, she's going to be the next one. And that would also be awesome. Like, I'm rooting for Candace. (laughs) I want to see, like, I was good with the undisputed, uh, the, oh, God, what was it? The undisputed uh, prophecy. But now Mm -hmm. I would like to see the Candace and Johnny prophecy come true of the husband and wife uh, both holding the top titles. I think that would be fun. Their reign. Because... If for no other reason, it would connect the men's and women's locker room in a way mm-hmm. that I don't think we've seen before. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did Grapple give this one? Uh, the, the app just keeps resetting on me, so it'll it'll hmm. it'll take a second. So now I have to go look. Uh, this is great okay. podcasting. So in the meantime, I'd like to of note here since okay. you brought up EO versus Charlotte. So we've so we've talked. They've already announced a few things for next week. Yes. So we have Dominic versus Johnny. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Yes. EO versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And spoilers for later in the show, but we're also going to get Killer Cross and like a Finn Balor thing. Yes. What in the hell is happening next week that we are getting all of this? That's a big show. <laughs> uh, and there's really yeah. nothing that big across the street on AEW as far as I know for next week. It looked uh, like a fun card, though. I did look yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, now, to be fair, uh, next week's AEW, I think, is going to be live, and they are going to have some of oh, the woo! other. They are going to have some of the guys on the show who have not been on the show in forever because 
they have been at home, you know, due to travel restrictions and not, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to have people fly all the way across the country for a TV show in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, they are opening back up to do live. Their tapings are all done. Uh, so maybe that's why they're doing all of this right now, because there's maybe. a... I don't know. We, we shall see. Anyway, Grapple gave Charlotte and Mia 2.87. Okay. So they did like it. More than you, but less than me. Yes. Uh, speaking of Killer Cross, who I guess is Carrion Cross. The, I don't know. They still haven't really said his name, but... Oh, they have. They have oh, mentioned his one. They have mentioned yes. it once. Uh, Scarlet essentially says what you said. He's going to be there next week. TikTok yep. and all that jazz. Uh, backstage, Candace is a meanie to Casey, who is being worked on by medics. Mm-hmm. Or her neck is hurting, and Candace is like, hey, this is the new NXT. Get used to it. And they walk yep. off. The update on the thing with Finn Balor from last week is there is no update. Finn will be there next week. But I'm, he's alive! I'm, yes. I'm, he's mad. He, maybe he's mad because there's no update, just like how we're mad. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, Dexter Loomis and Shane Thorne. Moro Ronaldo yes, is thoroughly creeped out by Dexter. Yes. And Shane Thorne now moved up as a tag team, so yes, not with, sure what's happening anymore with, anywhere. With Brandon Vink. And his hair is, b- like, bleach blonde. Yeah. I don't think it's also, a good look, but okay. I It's not, but I there's, like, no no lines anymore anywhere. <laughs> there are no lines, yeah. Thing, everything has just gone to hell at this point. Why not? Just do it. We just we're just there. <laughs> Thorn Thorn is a bit tougher than Dexter's usual fare, so it took mm-hmm. a minute or two for Dexter to wipe him out and beat him with an arm triangle. But that's what he did. He beat him up mm-hmm. and then beat him with an arm triangle. There was nothing mm-hmm. else after this match. That was that was it. What what did you think of it? Yep. Um, so I have a few um a few comments on the commentary here. Oh. Okay. Um because I found some things funny. Um, so Morrow, in reference to Shane Thorne, calling him the thunder from down under. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Morrow is aware that that is the name of an all-male review. <laughs> Maybe. It's Morrow. It's hard to tell. I know. I'm like, Morrow, what do we mean here? Please tell us. <laughs> um, there was one thing, and I don't know what happened, but Loomis, I guess, was trying to choke Thorne in a way that resembles using the force. It was very odd. <laughs> Hey, may the fourth be with all of us. Yes. Um, Loomis, so part of what I do not like about his new entrance, right, is that yes. we don't get the creepy crawly thing mm-hmm. glide, but we got it in the middle of this match, so. Oh, I thought he did it like right at the, happy. I thought he did that right at the beginning. Did he not he do that? He stopped doing it. No, oh. he has not been doing it recently. Okay. But I'm sure we'll find out soon because he's been on every week recently. <laughs> yes. So you'll be able to see it again. <laughs> uh, something I hated about this. Well, you know what? I guess, no, finish. I that's, that's not how we usually do this. You say your thing, give it the score, yeah. and then I'll say my thing. Go ahead. One more. Th- two, I have two more thoughts. Yes. Um, Beth describing Loomis as unnerving, and honestly, I think that's the best description. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Thorn in the go to or got, I guess he went to sleep. Yes. Um, so it's still odd to me that Loomis is catching like momentum here, but I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Um, I thought it was an okay match, some pretty good moves. I thought Shane Thorn had some pretty good high kicks. Yep. I just love the drama surrounding this. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like no words are said, but there's so much drama. <laughs> it works. It works well for you. It does. This is what I want. Um, and I gave it a two and a quarter. Okay. So here's the thing. This is the only thing that bothered me about this match mm-hmm. is Dexter Loomis played such a huge role in the events of last week. And there's mm-hmm. no oh, follow-up or mention. Yeah. Just nothing yeah. like it didn't happen. Uh, I like the Dexter Loomis presentation. I think this would be more fun in front of fans for them to chant weird things at him. Uh, see if they can I, get under his skin or get a get a reaction from him or something but no i will say though because i do have a note about this i like that they brought him back during when there's the crowdless shows because it makes him that much oh more eerie it's definitely creepier and he is very good at maintaining yeah. his composure as this character like i i cannot wait to see this guy smile at some point like, <laughs> it'll be terrifying i'm sure yeah <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I'm still not overly impressed with the wrestling in Dexter Loomis matches. I went, I went with a one and a half, which is I'm... hard, I know, but yeah, just uh, not my, not my speed. It's not my, uh, I guess, just not my style of match. But I, mm-hmm. I, I get, I do get the appeal though. That does make sense to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Grapple one point six nine. Wow, I think that means they liked it more than I did. Yep. Well, wait, would you give it a one and a half? Yeah. Yes. Just a little bit. I don't know why. I like the theatrics. Uh, backstage, Jake Atlas is giving Drake Maverick a pep talk. Then we see a gravelly voiced Keith Lee saying that Damien Priest says that he wants to live forever. He wants to live in infamy. Well, he's not sure if he's going to do that, but the beating he gives him tonight will. Good line from Keith Lee. Uh, Tony Nice and Drake Maverick in another Group A Interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament match. So this is just Nice beating the snot out of Drake early on. And Drake's selling, I think, I don't know, you tell me. I Did it verge on too much for you? Mm, like, no. it sounded so realistic. I thought for sure, like, he was really injured and hurt and... This wasn't selling anymore. He was just in real pain. And I was listening to somebody suffer for real on television. Like it was very loud and full of anguish. Yes. And I think though, but that just to me, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I want it to be a little bit more believable. Like, yeah, I, I, the over the, like to me, like, um, Velveteen dream is like over the top. Yeah. Nice. Um, Nice is like so in charge at one point. He's kind of just bullying him, taunting mm-hmm. him, trash talking him, and then Drake just loses it and starts hammering Nice. Uh, yeah. No, this looks like a street fight. Mm-hmm. Tony cuts him off, goes for his big knee in the corner, but it is dodged. Drake hits this uh, cutter out of the corner, gets a two, goes to the top, misses an elbow. Nice goes to the top, but Drake cuts him off. And then hit what is best described as an avalanche bulldog off of the top rope. Very neat looking move. And he pins Tony Nice. What Yay. did you think of Nice and Drake? Yeah, I did not expect that ending. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool. I really liked Drake's um, finisher. Yep. Um, I thought it was very different for me. Yes. Um, the one thing I will say, so I really like. I thought, I think Drake Maverick uses the ropes very well. And mm-hmm. like. Like, when he gets up on the top, he, like, jumps, flips, walks, whatever. And yes. I think, I think I figured out who his best opponent will be. Okay. 
Fabian Eichner. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, that could be good stuff. Right? That would be such a great match because they both know how to, like, jump around and move things, like, use yep. the ropes to their advantage. Anyway, yep. I like to make up dream matches as I'm watching. <laughs> no, um, me too. It's, <laughs> that, that just shows that you've been sucked into pro wrestling. Yeah, and I try to will everything into existence these days. So it works a lot of the time. It, your track goes. record is incredible. <laughs> um, I also Drake, really quick one on one here. Yep, love you. I think you're doing some great things. You need a better spray tan person though. Um, <laughs> it's not working. Oh well, a little bit of a little bit of love, but also a little bit of truth. Yeah, we got we we have to be. It's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. Also, niece. The premier athlete thing. Yep. So boring. <laughs> so boring. But he's a premier athlete. Boring. Come on, it's there Get are, a better thing. There are athletes, but not all of them are as premier as he. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a great thing, but you know. No. There's like five hundred wrestlers in that company. <laughs> you gotta all of the good stuff gets taken after a while. Yeah. Also, like out of out of five hundred wrestlers, you think you're the the premier? The premier. He's not. Also, but he's good. He's I very. Know. He's a very good athlete, but he is not the premier athlete in the company. Look, even if you called yourself Mister Abs, like <laughs> oh, that would be awesome, right? I take. I believe that more. <laughs> oh, you should be writing for this company. Just I really should. I just need you to walk in with a cup of coffee, sit down, and just slam your fist on the table and say, Tony Nice. Mr. Abs. And then you just get up and walk away. Vince would respect yeah. that. Vince would respect that kind of, that kinda, like, like those balls the, he would respect. Yes. Yeah, like the taking of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't even have to impress him. It would be Triple H. So I feel like I can get further there. That, that's true, yes. Well, well, then you just say, and he's a, a heavy metal biker as well. Triple H would just love that shit. So. Here's the thing, though. Triple H, I think he likes women more than Vince McMahon. So I feel yes. like my chances are better. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway. anyway, what what did you give uh, Nice and Drake? Oh yeah, I gave it a two and a half. Yeah, I really like this match. Uh, I thought Drake is really good, and yeah, he, he must be rehired by now. He's got to be right. Like, I hope so. Anyway, uh, I gave this two and three quarters. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad mm. Drake won. Uh, Me too. I mean, the best part of the match was really the the promo at the end. But <laughs> we're just yelling into the microphone. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Grapple gave it 2.63. Wow. Mm-hmm. So post-match, Drake is all kinds of fired up. He said there was a little piece of him that didn't believe he could do it, but he did it. He's mm-hmm. so excited. He's like, I'm the wolf of Wall Street or the wolf of NXT. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going right. anywhere. Like he gets off the apron and he's just like, I did it. <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's just so walking excited. he's walking away he's like I believe I can do this like he was so pumped up and I'm like I feel so good for you Drake Maverick way to go yeah <laughs> he was very happy to have won this match that he may was. have been legitimate and, excitement and it I don't know I mean it, it almost makes you feel good watching it you're like yeah oh, like I want oh, good things for good people yeah maybe someday that something like that can happen for me maybe someday mm-hmm. I can do it too uh, 
Keith Lee and Damian Priest hype video leading into the Keith Lee Damian Priest match for the NXT North American Championship in our main event. So there's a lot of fighting uh, that spills out onto the floor. And then Keith Lee always in his matches has to do an impressive Keith Lee thing. And in this case, it was pressing Damian Priest above his head outside of the ring on the other side of the guardrails and tossing him into the ring apron, which was very impressive. There is some more destruction on the floor. Priest manages to gain control and keeps it through a commercial break. Keith Lee makes his comeback, hits a tornado to the floor, a corkscrew drive. This was not even running. Oh, I, yes. Holy crap. Was that amazing? He just, I had like four sentences on that. I was like, what okay, did this well, man just do? <laughs> I mean, I would like to hear those sentences. I mean, it's really oh, impressive. No, it's, it's not as great. I just I just wrote how he knows no bounds. He had no momentum. What did he do? Like things like that. Yeah, I just he, he just impressed. He just sprung himself back, pulled back on the rope a little bit, and then vaulted it and then did a twist in midair. It was very impressive. I man, who is your trainer, Keith Lee? I want to be there. <laughs> fr- I mean, this guy is one of like the most freakiest athletic people I've ever seen. He is huge. Oh he is not lean. He's not lean and muscular. He's not out of shape because clearly this man has a ridiculous gas tank. But oh yeah, no his his cardio, yeah. like, his endurance is phenomenal. He is not. He would not be nicknamed Mister Abs. But what he can do is unbelievable. Oh my God. He should be, though. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they get back into the ring. Keith Lee hits this huge running lariat, gets a two count. Now we've got a slugfest on our hands. Ends with Priest hitting the broken arrow on Keith Lee. He does not get the cover, though. He's he's too beaten and broken. Which was weird. Like, why? Yes. Well, he, he, hit, he hit the big move, presumably with an idea to cover him. But he was unable to capitalize on it because of, well, one, the beating he's taken, but two, how much strength it took out of him to lift up Keith Lee and to slam him down in this manner. So all it really did was just buy a little bit of space for Damian Priest. He goes up top. Keith Lee cuts him off on the top rope. Hits a very impressive deadlift superplex for a two. Priest manages to fire back. Hits a sit-out choke slam. He gets a two. Priest distracts the referee by pretending to bring the North American Championship into the ring. Uh, but really his plan is to hit Keith Lee with the nightstick. The nightstick attempt is blocked by Keith Lee, who is just holding it in his hand while the referee gets in. And he's like, hey, wait, no, stop this. And he confiscates it like yes. a high school teacher taking your phone. Oh, actually, he didn't confiscate it necessarily. Keith Lee folded it up and just handed it to him because he's nice. Yeah. He folded up the nightstick and handed it to the referee and mm-hmm. then proceeded to powerbomb Damien Priest twice in a row and pinned him. Uh, what did you think of the main event? Um, this was this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I figured Damian Priest out. Yeah, he's Blade. Right? <laughs> he is Blade, but he's he can't Blade. have but he can't have blades because it's PG thirteen. So he has a yeah. nightstick. I think that's it. Yes. Um, so there was a lot in the beginning of this match where these guys just. Out of the ring. Yeah. Like the whole time. Mm-hmm. And like we didn't even get a three count. Like, come on, refs. The <laughs> ref was not this. doing their jobs. <laughs> no, and then my thing was towards the end, Lee is out of the the ring. Yeah. And then the ref starts counting. And it's like, come <laughs> on, guy. 
Good. We That's all know this doesn't consist- matter. Some consistency here. Yeah, yeah. If if we're gonna do it, just do it the same all over. Come on, Cons- yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I I thought, man, Keith Lee just blows my mind every He's time I see him. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, and and I'll I'll give my score, but I also wanted us to think about this as we're, as we're doing like wrap up. Mm. Who is going to be Keith Lee's next opponent? Ooh, for the Some, title. Something to think about. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave the match a three. I enjoyed okay. it. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the match, too. This was my favorite match on the show. I gave it the same score as I gave the Charlotte and Mia match, but if you have to pick a favorite between the two of them, it was this one, and it's largely because of, of course, uh, Keith Lee, who is just ridiculous. I could watch that guy do anything. The only thing that I found really wrong with this match is that it was a main event NXT match and they did feel the need to have a, a kind of a forced moment where they're holding the nightstick in the ring and Keith mm. Lee has to say to Damian Priest, I am limitless. And it's like, yeah, we know it's like, you know, your nickname, your it's on your gear. I think it's in your song. Like... We know he is limitless. Yeah, we know everybody like you don't have to say it. Well, it's sometimes it's like a comic book and you have to, you know, look, uh, we all love that scene in Endgame where Tony Stark said, I am Iron Man, just like he did at the end of the first Iron Man movie. But I and I love you, Keith Lee, but you are not Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. cannot do what you do in the ring, but you cannot do what Robert Downey Jr. does when a camera is on him and is asking him to say things into a camera. So well, let's, let's not agree let's, to disagree there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not saying Robert Downey Jr. is like the greatest actor of all time, but I'm just saying, I think he is a better actor than Keith Lee. Uh, at least when it comes to delivering dialogue and okay. uh, this is just a problem throughout NXT and WWE. It's something that I'm not particularly a fan of. I do yeah. like the comic book aspects of professional wrestling, but this mm-hmm. is not really one of those things that I think is a is a keeper. I don't think it adds to the matches at all. And if, yeah. if anything, it kind of takes me out of them a little bit. Like, it can be done well. I've seen it done very well before, but mm-hmm. not everybody's going to be able to do it on an expert level. And this would have been just as good if Keith Lee had not said anything. So... Right. Yeah. It didn't I gave, add anything. Yeah. I gave it a three. Grapple 3.06. I believe this was Grapple's mm-hmm. favorite match of the show as well. Uh, and that's fair. You know, because it's a pandemic, I'm not going to bother uh, going into the, the dirty details of the ratings war, but uh, AEW did win in total viewers again, and they did win in total demo again. I believe NXT has five victories in terms of total viewers. And they remain at only one victory in the actual rating. So Hmm. this has been a clear, uh, victorious war campaign for AEW. Uh, It's amazing to me that AEW actually is doing as well as they are. They're holding their numbers pretty good. Everybody else is slipping. Uh, Monday Night Raw, I I read uh, uh, maybe an hour or two before we started recording, did 1.6 million which is crazy. Their their first hour was the lowest rated first hour or like the second lowest rated first hour in the history of the show. And the last two hours were the lowest rated two hours in the history of the show. And their numbers just keep 
shrinking. But I keep seeing people saying like it's um, it's unwatchable without a crowd. So, mm-hmm. and I don't think NXT is unwatchable. Uh, they still have their they still have their good moments. AEW is watchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had their moments as well. But I somebody had asked uh, what you're looking forward to most in pro wrestling after the pandemic is over. And uh, my answer to this is easy. I can't wait for the first show that I watch. I'm just going to close my eyes. I'm going to press play. And when the intro is over, I'm just going to listen to the crowd when (laughs) the show starts. Because you know those first crowds are going to be insanely loud. They are. They're going to be so happy to be able to come back. And it's going to make the show's... A immeasurably better, an infinitesimal mm-hmm. amount. It'll be so much better. I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, it will be. AEW one. Uh, I think AEW. Uh, can I? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to say tie? Sure. At this point, whatever. We can say any. <laughs> hey, anything goes. Shane Thorne can like you know go bleach blonde. Uh, if he can do that, I can say tie. I'm gonna say a tie. I thought both shows were <laughs> equally good this week. But okay, yeah. Uh, any, anything goes now. Thanks, Shane Thorne. Uh, you've really you've helped this show in more ways than you can know. Uh, we have to hashtag that. Yes, hashtag thank you, Thorne. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for this week's uh, episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show, and of course, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for what comes NXT. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more. NXT on the WWE and USA Networks, featuring what I'm considering to be the real main event of the show, Charlotte Flair defending her NXT Women's Championship Mm -hmm. against Io Shirai. (laughs) 